Hello and welcome to the Marysville Journal-Tribune podcast. My name is Michael Williamson and this is part two to our conversation around Ohio gun bills. Last week, the conversation was about Ohio's permitless carry legislation. Uh, this week is part two to that conversation dealing with uh, guns in schools. So here's part two. Yes. Mike, do you want to launch us into the, the uh, guns in classroom uh Issue now. Sure. So, uh, so the other part of this conversation is, uh, and I do have some more numbers in front of me for this. Um, so the other the other gun issue, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, House Bill ninety nine, um, which uh, was signed into law by Governor Dewine on June thirteenth. Um, and so, what this, uh, just to kind of go back over it again, what this bill is, or what's different about this bill than sort of previous versions is. This bill had come before the legislature before. Um, it actually may have come before the legislature a couple of times. And in the last um, iteration of it, the the training requirements for uh, teachers, or as the bill defines, it's really any school staff member. Um, so that's faculty, that's janitorial, that's administrative, that's whatever. Anybody who works within the uh, what is defined as the school safety zone uh, is allowed to carry uh a firearm if the district decides to do so. What's different about this iteration of the bill is when it initially came through, it was um, the person who was seeking this this uh, ability to do this had to take the the 700 plus hour peace officer training as required by law. So uh, whether that's security guard, police officer, whatever it is, they have to do this sort of 700 hours of training um, in order to carry uh, a firearm. So this version of the bill that got passed does away with that and uh, reduces it way down to – and I, I, I read the bill uh, and obviously the bill says uh, certain things for, for, for you know, whether it's a handgun with other types of firearms. Obviously, the, the kind of general idea is that basically there's a 24-hour training now. There's about 20, 20 hours for uh, the gun and an additional five hours for, for other training. And so – but basically a little over 20 hours is what this bill now uh, has teachers doing. Uh, one That's of the uh, maximum though. Correct. That's a ma- yes. There is no. There was no mandated minimum. There Correct. Was just a maximum. But that's the most you can require. Yeah. So the the idea was basically they they thought that seven hundred hours for full time school uh, faculty or or whomever was an unrealistic number. So this is something that could be done in the evenings on you know uh, days off and something like that. So it, it kind of went down. Uh, the the bill passed in uh, in November in I think the House. Uh, and then just recently in um, in the Senate or vice versa. And so now, you know, essentially this is signed into law. So, yeah, so what, it, what as I said, what it does is it allow it gives the district, the school district, the ability to decide, you know, should uh, someone on their staff want to do this or a teacher want to do this, this allows them the ability to yeah, do Yeah, and I think what Max said right there that it, the problem is it puts in a maximum as opposed to a minimum it is a troubling piece of that for me. Um, in looking this up, and I didn't know this, but there were several districts that had allowed their teachers to be armed in Ohio before that seven hundred dollar seven hundred dollar seven hundred hour mandate came down. Um, like Indian Valley, since two thousand seventeen, had had armed employees, and they had taken they went through Buckeye Buckeye Firearms Association. I think has a a training program called Faster that is for schools. Yeah. For school employees, and it's I think it's around 24, 28 hours. Um, so they took they'd been arming them, and there's there's several other uh, in Tuscarawas County, Indian Valley, Newcomerstown, Claymont, Garraway, Tuscarawas. They all allowed armed teachers. 
and a lot of them did this faster program, then the, the uh, Ohio Supreme Court came in and kind of slammed the door on that with the 700-hour thing. Well, so then what do they do when they go and they revert that back? They make it 24 hours maximum. I think it's 20 to 20. It might have a minimum, but I, I'm troubled by maximum because then if a district wants to take some control and says, well, because honestly, I, I don't know that I'm in favor of this at all, but if I was, 700 is unrealistic. Sure. And 24 to me is way too low. Like, I think the answer is somewhere in between there if you were in favor of it. So here again, we've kind of, we've taken the bar, we've taken a bar that was unrealistic and we've created no bar, essentially. Yeah. So and part of it that's interesting to me is that this was all framed by Governor DeWine as like he said that he would prefer not arming teachers, but he wants to ultimately give the power to local districts. But then when it comes to this hour requirement, districts can impose a different hour level. So if a district said, hey, we think 100 hours is appropriate, but it has to be approved by the state that that's their requirement. So it just seems somewhat deceptive and self-serving to me to say, well, I, as a politician, are giving these local entities the power, but if you're not going to do exactly what we said, I still have to approve right. it. Which is a low level. At a low level, we've right. set a super low bar. So, if you want any kind of higher bar, you're going to have to come back to us. I think it's quite easy for these state representatives, governor, whatever it may be, to say, well, we're just giving you the power, but, oh, by the way... Then, Still, I'm in control. And then apparently, the class is going to be designed by the Ohio Peace Officers Training Commission. That like it's going to be uniformed, supposedly. Yeah. And okay, so the first time a teacher there's a misfire, something happens. There's going to be a lawsuit against that training, against you know the state, against. It, it's just funny that, as opposed to, you know, you say we want school districts to have control, and then. Nothing about it really puts the school districts in control right. mm -hmm. over the yes and no. I guess you could say yes and no and just let it go. Right. But if you if you if you were kind of in favor of it, but you had some misgivings, you you can't adjust to fit your district anyway. It's a light switch. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So I mean, essentially, we've for this particular story, then you know, to kind of bring it back to the to the local level. Um, I talked to I reached out to the school districts in the area, and kind of the one thing we were curious about is kind of what the what the temperature was in terms of how how uh, our local school districts in Union County or in our coverage area for the paper what they kind of thought of and although you know sort of many of them have a kind of well if this is the direction we're going to go and obviously this is still early in the process so a, a number of them have not discussed it uh, sort of publicly at a board meeting or, or whatever um, but there there is a kind of you know, there there is a willingness to be open-minded about this, but the kind of resounding kind of take on this is there's a, a trepidation, if not kind of outright opposition. I think there's a lot of opposition. They just don't want to say it outright. Sure. Right. It's easier to say I haven't read all the legislation yet. Right. As opposed to say, yeah, I'm not a, in favor of this, and then you have 15% of the Republicans in this county will never vote for you again. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, you know, in talking to them, it, it, it kind of – I mean, even even the the superintendents that I talked to, and and to some degree, again, I talked to the sheriff for this, and the the attitude is is kind of like, yeah, you know, we'll, whatever the districts want to do, that's what we'll move forward on. But there is a kind of like, 
you know, a shift toward uh, a number of the people that I talked to mentioned things like, well, we're also kind of really more focused on, you know, single point entries in the schools, um, you know, kind of the, the lockdown drills as kind of the exist now and sort of bettering that and, and doing that more regularly. Um, obviously we have the, the Alice training, um, in, in our districts here and, and things like that. So that's, you know, this uh, is this whole thing though, if, if any of the districts around here would allow it, like think about the way it, what it infuses into the relationship that has to be there between law enforcement, the, the sheriff's police and that district or those buildings, like, You've got to have a whole new level of understanding because every teacher now goes and does the same thing. They, they, they barricade in, mm-hmm. you know, whatever they do with desks or they know where they hide and they have their, their whatever safe words that are used. You know, they do what they do. If you have random teachers with guns, all right, and we talk about this all the time. Okay, if you're going to do this, do you have your teachers then go out and actively hunt Right. This person, for lack of a better term, do you do you do you let their classroom? You're on your own, kids. Uh, Jimmy's in charge. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, Mr. Johnson's going out hunting the hunting the, the uh, shooter guy. now. Right. You know, do you do that? And if you do that, then when officers come into the building, right there is that now you've got five people with guns or ten people with guns instead of the one. The, you see anybody with a gun, that's the guy, you know, or whatever. I mean, just the whole mentality of this thing. I I don't understand because some of the things I've I've read from people that are super in favor of teachers being armed want the gun on their hip all the time. It takes far too – apparently some districts in Texas keep them in biometric safes. And they say, well, it takes far too long to get there and respond to a threat. Well, in my mind, their job's not to respond to the threat. It's maybe – the only way I would ever be in favor of this, and it would still be a long way for me to go, is if it was it was locked and in the incident where they have an active shooter, it is just a tool for the teacher to protect the students that are with them in their classroom and they're not going out. And I get, they may be hearing gunshots in the classroom next door and maybe they could have done something, but when you start sticking teachers out there you know, and asking them to go and make decisions. I mean, because the decisions become so much faster too. If you're a teacher in a classroom with a gun and all your kids are behind you and someone comes through the door with a gun and they don't have a badge on, I think, you know, you can start shooting and at least the decision-making is pretty easy. You start walking around Mm -hmm. a school with that kind of stress and minimal training, it's just a million bad things can happen. You know, so if it was a tool, I guess, where they held up and they were just able to protect the kids that were with them at the time, it's another no different than, you know, a fire extinguisher. I think sometimes they tell them to shoot a fire, a yeah. fire extinguisher at them or whatever. If it was a tool like that, but the idea of teachers going out, acting like they're, you know, playing paintball and going after a, a shooter in a building and trying to find them, I just think doesn't work in any regard if that's what people have in mind with these things. Right. Yeah. And I, that's the thing. It's like, obviously the training will be outlined as we, as we said, but I mean, when it comes down to it, I mean, you know, we're, we're if, if you follow the, the sort of ongoing story out of, uh, you know, Uvalde, Texas and that shooting, um, you know, th- that's the only conversation that's going on now is the responsibility of the people in the building with the guns, you know, whether the, being the police officers or, uh, you know, the, the, um, uh, 
the border patrol who eventually came. Um, that's the conversation. So yeah, I, I asked that of the, of the sheriff, you know, kind of, you know, what, what is the responsibility of the people that now have guns? I mean, do they, do they have that? And, you know, I, it sounded like in his mind, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it, it sounded like, you know, because as the training exists now, the sort of purpose of a lockdown is that everyone, as we said, goes, goes into the, into their room, they lock the door, they barricade it, they, whatever. So not only is that done sort of to protect the children, obviously the students in the room and the teacher to kind of separate themselves from the danger, um, it also opens the hallways and opens the buildings so when law enforcement arrives, there's not people wandering around. They That's know where everybody is. Everything is sort of if – you're, if you're walking through the hallway, then you're immediately a person of interest, if not obviously the shooter, you know, kind of in front of them. And, you know, he talked about that, you know, the officers when it comes to – when it comes to any sort of dangerous um, incident like this, but certainly in the case of a, of a shooting incident like this, that, you know, deputies or, or police officers, when they go into a situation like this, they're, they are trained to eliminate the threat, period, first, period, you know. And so it's like if they go in there and they see somebody with a gun, I know. what I, are they going to do? That's, know, so like, that's the image of – a group of teachers walking through the hallway, clearing the building the way you see Army guys with, you know, military people with hundreds of hours of training yep. and knowing the five people they're with doing that. Like, it's a different, completely yeah, different thing. I, I just, I don't get it. And Mar- Marysville's Board of Education, or not Board of Education, their uh, teachers union, you know, took a poll and 88% of the teachers said they wanted no part in some of the quotes they gave, like it wasn't just they didn't, it wasn't a no, it was a, yeah, we don't want any part of this. You know, we don't even want it in the building for the, for the you know, we haven't even talked about the things that could happen. If a teacher is breaking up a fight, if, yeah. if non-related to the, you know, if somebody, you know, takes, takes their gun off for a second and, and leaves it in the bathroom, unfortunately, things like that happen. Sure. Like, now you're talking about a bathroom that students might use, and the next person that comes in there is a kid. Like, th- there's there's a million different scenarios where. And it's just interesting to me because I feel like there's an effort. I mean, I saw a commercial recently about, you know, a public service announcement about parents who keep guns in their homes and keeping those locked up and secure because accidents with kids. Like, I know one of the posts I lived on growing up, like, a child died because their sibling accidentally shot a gun. Like, things like that happen. So I just think it's interesting to me that this conversation surrounding safety when gun is with minors or in the presence of minors seems to have just disappeared when we're talking about arming teachers. And I get it. Like, theoretically, it would be only the teacher handling this gun who is a grown adult who has better decision-making skills than these children. But I just think... It, it seems so illogical to me that we put such an emphasis on how dangerous firearms can be in the hands of children, but why have the advocates of this legislation not spoken to that? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, my, my wife is a teacher, not in this county, uh, but my wife, is, my wife is far more conservative than I am, and my, we, we, have, we have a gun, we have several guns, my wife is comfortable shooting a gun. Um, she's not, you know, she's not a, a gun nut or anything, but she's she's certainly comfortable with a gun. She wants nothing to do with it. Like she is very much no. This is a, this is a bad idea because 
a, a not even the not even considering the what happens if there's a shooter. It's the it's the thousand thousand other days when there isn't a shooter, but there are thirty kids in her classroom and she's distracted because she's dealing with kids or there's a fight or there is you know there's something else happening or you know there's there's now a bunch of guns and and I think she's a she's a good teacher and a responsible teacher but there are other teachers in her building that you know are far more easily distracted and there are aides in the building and there are you know that kind of do things differently and she just realizes hey there may be a couple teachers in my in my building that I would say hey I would be okay with that person having a gun but saying carte blanc any of you can have a gun mm-hmm. she wants nothing to do with that mm-hmm. and and I I think that's a you know, all of my my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, my sister. It's my really, brother, easy. It's really easy, easy to make right? the argument where, well, what about the? You know, I had a football coach that was retired military police, and well, that makes sense that right. he could responsibly. Ha- I would still say still have a gun in the classroom. The idea of carrying it, just I, I can't get past because. One, I know when I have my gun on, if I'm at a store or whatever, like I'm always thinking about that. If people can see it, if I'm reaching up for a gallon of milk, is it is it is my shirt coming up so somebody can see it? If I'm bending over, is there a chance it's going to fall out? Maybe I'm putting my hand there. Now, you're supposed to be teaching. How would you feel about thirty kids coming up and hugging you you're while sp- you have that on? My, I mean, my wife's an elementary school teacher. She she gets hugged literally every day. Her right. kids come up and hug her and are close to her. And sure, you're supposed to be teaching. You're supposed to be worrying about teaching, not your gun falling out of your waistband. You know. It it just takes your attention away from what you're doing at some degree. It should. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I don't know if this is the right analogy to make, but you know, when we first started having to wear masks, I told you that every time I wore a mask into a a store, like I felt like I wasn't focused. Like I was shopping, but I was just kind of like I was always worried about the mask, Mm -hmm. and I was thinking how much I hated it, and I'm I always forget to buy things when I'm at the store, like because it divides your attention because. And, you know, maybe you get used to it and that goes away a little bit. But with a gun on your hip, it shouldn't. Like, it you shouldn't should always be away. thinking about that. Right. And you're you're walking around all these situations with kids. And, and Tony Brooks said at the school board meeting, they had him there to answer some questions. He said, listen. That's the police you, chief of Marysville. Police chief of Marysville said, you know, even police officers, like, there are instances where they are off-duty and, and they're wearing a, a gun around and they take it off to use the bathroom or something. They set it down. And they walk away without it. There was a I was reading a story about a police chief in some little burg who like three different times he carried his in a zip up folio that he carried like a notebook and papers in. He had his in there and he always had it zipped up and he'd go to eat lunch and then leave that thing behind like three different times that had his duty weapon in it. You know, these are trained people and, right. and things still happen. And Tony said, you and know, misfires yes, misfire still happen. Sure. You know, I, I've read things, you know you're going to put these in teachers' hands with significantly less training. They say, you know, police officer shooting performance goes down tremendously under stress. You know, you're going to now put this in people who wanted to be teachers' hands and expect them to have responsible, make responsible shot, accurate shots under pressure. You know, (laughs) we're asking... We're trying to get security on the cheap. We're we're trying to get 
secure schools without paying for it. Plain and simple. You know, at the expense, now you fired up the rah, rah, right on this and, and they're super, super happy. Now and the left scared to death. And at the end of the day, the, the issue is security. And, I, and I'm not saying that's just, that's just more officers in school either. As we've seen, honestly, officers doesn't necessarily not not even close to probably half the time one officer in a building can stop these things effectively but there's things we have found that have single point entry is a really good example and and buzz in systems have helped a ton honestly had the door not been propped open in vivaldi or uvaldi vivaldi uvaldi that one of those valdis um we that may not have happened because i'm not convinced that that guy was going to shoot up a school he got mad at his grandma and went driving and wrecked by the school. His first shots were people at a funeral home. The school was there. He's off the loose end, the deep end, mm-hmm. and he walks into the school and found an open door. It was an opportunity, not an intent. If the door wasn't hadn't been opened and was like propped open for some reason, it didn't latch or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe that works again. You know, so you know, there's things you know, video monitoring. You know, all areas. I saw a school that put in some, and I'm not positive exactly where how this would work perfectly, but they had these things that blasted kind of this this smoke, this breathable smoke. They could they could lock section if the guy hmm. went in portions. They could close a person in to a section and then blow this smoke in there where the guy couldn't see. You know, I, interesting. I don't I don't see small districts. Sure. Putting things like that in, but there's other answers here, and we just we we punted this football over to teachers and districts and said, well, arm your teachers. Yeah. You want to be safe, arm your teachers. That's it. That's the best we've got. Right. Arm from your a, teachers. From a cost benefit analysis, like one you in an incident with a school shooter, maybe maybe this turns out well, but probably not. But the the the. The cost, like the the potential, the potential for this going sideways, is so so much higher right. than the potential for this going right, and and you getting the outcome that you want. I don't I don't know how from from any objective cost benefit analysis when you say what what is the the potential risk and what is the potential reward where you say yeah this makes this makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a, it's a feel good. Absolutely, it, we talked about pandering earlier. Yeah, this is pandering, yeah. like you know. It doesn't address the problem, and it creates potentially creates more. And yeah, I don't, I don't. That's something that I've kind of struggled in trying to understand. In in understand this is like, surely these people have looked at it, right? They've looked at all these things that you're talking about, the cost benefit analysis and so forth. And I, I, I can't, I can't reckon with what numbers are we sort of coming up with that suggest that. Well, even in your story, you you, uh, Chad had talked about. Well, I think you had uh, had. Quoted one of the one of the teachers same saying, one same quote you like Mac I guarantee that's what's going the, the the grocery store yeah yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, the idea that you know if you ever shooting in a grocery store you don't arm the cashiers and it's like that's I mean that's something that just pops into your head and makes more sense than something that in, I can only assume I can only hope that these people have done their due diligence about um, and, and and then enacted into law uh, that makes more sense to me than 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 putting this into place. Because, because organizations through their politicians then feed into this fear-mongering and sell you on a solution right. that is cheap and 
you know, maybe it makes a segment feel better, but it certainly makes a big segment feel worse about the situation their kids are in. I think we haven't even talked about that. That's what I was going to go. If you're if you're in a build, if your kids are in a building and you now and what's the regulation? They don't even have to tell you what teachers are armed. They have to tell you that a teacher in your district is armed. I don't believe I don't believe and I could I could be wrong with this, but I don't believe it's even in your building. I think it's if any teacher in the district is armed, they tell you. So maybe maybe it's the high school math teacher and my kid in second grade doesn't need to worry about it. But maybe it's. Maybe it's you know the second grade teacher that my kid you know that my kid has sure. as a parent. Maybe it's the custodian. Absolutely, I, I want to know. Maybe it's a cook. Yeah. Maybe it's a secretary. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So anybody, anybody in the in the yeah. building? Yeah. I don't. I would. As a parent, I certainly would want to know if my son. I don't teacher, think that's going to hold up. I don't think that blanket we don't have to tell you is going to hold up because I, I, I think people have a right to know if their kids in a classroom with guns. I think so too, and I, I, as a parent, I certainly believe I, I certainly believe I have the right to know if my kids in a classroom that has a gun, and I certainly, I, you know, I'm not I'm not for hey I want to pick who my kids' teachers are. I I trust the district, whatever. But you know, given the opportunity to pick the teacher that's armed. And has a you know has a gun hanging out in their classroom. Might have a bearing. I, versus, on that. Yes, I will. I will choose. Mm-hmm. I will choose the unarmed teacher. Mm-hmm. On the and pray and pray that a school shooter doesn't come into mm-hmm. doesn't come into the school district into into and, the buildings. And you know, right? You know, you know. Look, teachers are people. They they mm-hmm. they can be very good at their job and still absent-minded. I, I had a teacher in middle school that came in with her pants on backwards. <laughs> Backwards. Now, how am I supposed to feel if I know she's one of the teachers that's carrying a gun around? You know, okay, so you go through, you have extensive training to be a teacher, less so to be a custodian or a cook. Mm -hmm. Also, less weeding out of, if you're at least a teacher, there's, there's a, you assume a level of stability, a level of you've got through college, you at least finished things. That doesn't mean that crazy people don't exist in all sure. elements. But you don't even have that kind of weeding out process if you're a custodian or a cook or whatever. And I, I think you can you know, say any, whether it's the cafeteria staff, whether it's the, 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 I guarantee in every high school or in every school building, you can say, hey, there are people in that building that I do not believe should be carrying mm-hmm. a weapon. You're right. It's weird because it, my wife has said there's the one person that she thinks she would be okay having a gun <laughs> in her school building is the custodian because he is the most, I believe him to be ex-military and he is like he's just a, a solid, clear-thinking guy and like she said he's the he's the one I would want to have a to have a weapon in the building. Um, so it, yes, it's but in any building, you know there are people that you think oh, I would. And Not everybody. I've said this to you guys in the newsroom that the high school I went to, I can't think of a single adult there that should have been armed. And I had some teachers that I loved and cared about us Absolutely. very deeply and, you know, were even parental figures in some students' lives. But, like, that was a teacher who was playing in an indie rock band on the weekends, right. you know? And, like, we we had police officers in our school because of the district we were in, so perhaps there wasn't as much of a need to arm teachers but, like, I cannot tell you a single teacher at my high school, and much less 
someone who wasn't in a teaching capacity that I didn't know as well, that I would have been like, yeah, I trust that person with my life to like have this firearm on them. So I think, and I was not a parent, I was a student there. So I can't imagine how I would feel if, you know, my child was in a building and I was like, well, (laughs) there's a lot of accidents that could happen. And if the idea is they only have the gun to defend the kids that are in their classroom when they do a barricade, well, then then you create a whole opposite dynamic of, well, why didn't my kid get protected like that? Even if you're, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like absolutely. My, Jimmy's teacher had a gun, but his brother, two grades older, their teacher didn't have a gun, and they were at risk. Or, and, the, te- or the teacher with a gun stayed in their classroom and protected these 25 kids while Johnny Shooter was in another classroom and so the gun did did nothing well this is you know you're going to have a backlash against this because what what is the the role and responsibility of a teacher who does choose to to have a weapon and that's or a teacher who didn't have a weapon in children in their classroom ended up being hurt or passing mm-hmm. away or whatever it may be people are going to you know um morally or socially not necessarily legally like indict teachers for whatever they do if a teacher had a gun and protected the students in their classroom well that wasn't enough because they didn't go throughout the building and find the shooter if a teacher was in a classroom barricaded the door hidden the closet with their students well if they would have chosen to have a gun they could have played a part in this and i just think teachers came here to care for students to educate them you know to be a positive presence in their lives teachers did not go to school to be physically you know seeking out they didn't join a, the army a threat. right they didn't join the army like you join the army no. right you, yes. you know you're going to have to do this this look here's this is something that's going to happen right. like that's not what they ever got into this for and like you said they will be questioned whatever side of that they fall on teachers if, are if district, damned if you do damned if you don't Kind of right. scenarios with with all sorts of things. You already from calling home. That's or the other thing. People, people or, already think teachers. There's a big thing now that teachers are indoctrinating children. But you, we so want to give them guns, right? You don't <laughs> trust them to make the decision on you know the educational aspects right. for your child. But in a high stress situation, you know, pull out the old peacemaker and let's go to town. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, this, I'm, I'm on the also the. I, I am frustrated and whatever, but the masks make our children feel like they're in prison. So let's arm the adults <laughs> and lock all of the doors um, like, you know, a prison. Right. <laughs> that, that doesn't make them feel like they're in prison, but a, a mask does. So I, I, feel, I struggle to see, you know, hey, that you're really looking out for the welfare of the, of the children, that this is, you know, hey, we're doing this for the kids when, you know, this is... Historically, you have not <laughs> followed through on the things that would have been a little easier and less right. from a cost-benefit analysis. You could a better, so yes, a better numbers. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. This is the kind of thing that I would probably get a lot of pushback on. But I've always had the kind of mentality as well. Whether it's the, I mean, certainly the schools are a good example of of this. I think, but but in general, you know, the gentleman I saw today, uh, there's a. I always have. The kind of mentality, yes, we live in this free country that allows us this sort of right to have this. But I remember one time I was actually here in town and I was at uh, at the store and I was getting, um, you know, picking up some chips for a barbecue or something like that. 
And I was standing in line. There was a lot of people there, presumably doing the same thing. We were standing at the cash register. And it was taking a long time for, for people to get through. And there was a gentleman uh, in front of me who had a, 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 gun, a holstered gun on his belt. And he. This is a different situation? Yeah, it's a different Where, situation. What is going on here? <laughs> I'm telling you. I have never. <laughs> this was a few years ago. Well, you might, what time are you shopping? Because I have never <laughs> seen these kinds of things. I'm in Marysville, man. Man. Um, but no, so I see, yeah, I see this older guy, and he was talking to, talking to uh, somebody in line. And I heard him say he was from out of town and he was in town for whatever, you know, but maybe a barbecue. I'm not sure. But anyway, the line was taking a long time. And so he starts to get a little bit kind of frustrated and vocal and a little bit irate at the at how long it's taking to get through this line to buy his potato chips. And I just I couldn't help but to stand there and kind of look back and forth between the gun and the red in his face mm-hmm. and be kind of like, well, this is clearly the last guy that should be carrying this but it, it got it got me to think in this idea that while I would while I would never obviously say that he he shouldn't be allowed to do that or whatever I do have this kind of thought in my head and it's, again to go back to the schools is if you feel the need this is a solution to this problem then I think we're living in two different countries we're not living in the country where we can walk around and feel completely open and free and safe. Now, the counter to that argument would be, well, we don't live in a country where you can do that because of all these things that happen. But in my estimation, part of the, a sense of freedom allows you to kind of not have to think about things like that, right? Not have to think about dangers in places like Dollar General or Kroger or a school. And so, so putting that responsibility onto people who – are kind of dedicating their life to an environment where that's not part of the conversation seems like inviting this intense pressure into a world that, yes, we have this problem of, of school violence um, and have had for you know years. Um, but it's like by not addressing whatever it may be causing that, you're kind of creating this new environment, as you say, as like creating this sort of prison environment that is is not the world we should be okay living in. We're not. It's not personal. It's not freedoms for all. We don't care about freedoms for all. We care about the freedoms I want. Right. Right. And then also, I'll take away your freedoms if it makes me uncomfortable. Solar farms. Right. Sure. The people, the people crying for freedom, you know, constitutional freedoms are also yeah. telling the people living next to them that they shouldn't be able to sell their land to solar farms. Right. Look, it, it has nothing to do with our freedoms. It's my freedoms. Mm-hmm. Right. I want my freedoms. And then honest, also, if your freedoms, you know, go against what I feel <laughs> my freedoms are, your freedoms are no longer relevant. Yeah. And I'm going to scream bloody murder until they take your freedoms away or infringe on them. Yep. That's the way we, you know, in America, I hate to say it, but like in America, we are, freedom is about still about getting ourselves to the top, whether that's America to the top of the world mm-hmm. or us to the top of our neighborhood. Right. It, it's us first. It's always us first. It's not communal. It's not yeah. communal freedoms. You can say it's freedom and the, the eagle and Lee Greenwater for everybody, but yeah. it's not. It's me. Mm-hmm. It's And then the us is the United States versus the rest of the world. Right. We don't care about everybody else's freedoms. We, you know, we act like we want to spread democracy, but we don't. We just want to be on top. It's whatever puts us on top. Mm-hmm. And at a local level, as an individual, it's what puts us on top. In this instance, 
I think the only people that are coming out on top are the gun lobby and the politicians who are benefiting from the money because this isn't a true solution. Right. This isn't a true solution to school security. Right. And it's, it's not exactly and it's not even inequitable. Look, there's a lawsuit that has never gone away in the Ohio Constitution about school funding that has been ruled it's ruled unconstitutional. 30 years ago. It's not even ago. inequitable. The funding. Now we're putting something in place for school safety that is the same thing. You know, you arm your teachers and you can have security to here, but we're not going to fund anything to make everybody safe. Right. We're going to throw something out there that's going to make certain districts maybe feel safer because they've got this, even maybe. if but in, maybe in they're not. There's part of the issue, and, and, and I think this is, this is who wins. You know, you look at, okay, who wins? My kids are in a district that has modulars. My wife is in a district. My, at least where my kids go to school, the modular is connected to the building. My wife teaches in a modular classroom where her kids have to leave the modular classroom, walk across the parking lot to get into the school. So from a single point of entry standpoint, that does it just doesn't. And that's how my high school was. It does how safe was the modular? How, how, right, the well, mo- Dublin uses modulars. Right. Dublin, uh, Jerome, I think it was. My wife. I couldn't believe they had they had Dublin's were, Dublin's loaded. They've got modulars. <laughs> how secure are they? The the modulars in my wife's district um, were turn-ins from Worthington. Right, uh, Worthington was done with them, and my, so my wife's school district uh, yes. got them. Right, equitable funding. Uh, but that's the so from a the taxpayers have to say okay well okay we will fund actual security we will fund you know a single point of entry facility I, facilities that make sense that would be an no, amazing no, 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 that no. would be an amazing I would love to see that levy campaign right yeah. a, a school security levy I would love to see it then you'd see people saying well just give the teachers guns I, I, I'm not kidding Right. You want to get you want to get people on board with with arming teachers. Put a school security levy on, mm-hmm. and tell them it's going to impact their bottom line. Because we don't want to feel bad about voting on the levy. We want to say, well, there's a, there's a cheap solution. answer. There's a that's there's a exactly cheap better right. solution. Arm the teachers. That's exactly. I don't want to pay two hundred dollars a year to help you put better locking systems in these and security cameras. Arm the teachers. You've, you've already got that there. And, and make the teacher pay for the gun. Make the teacher oh, yeah, make oh, the teacher yeah. buy the, make right, the teacher buy the gun and train for the gun. Yeah, I mean all of these things. That's exactly in my head. That's what this is about. Is we don't want we don't want to we don't want to up our school taxes, up our property taxes. We already pay enough for all sorts of other things. I don't want to you know I don't want to add more to my tax bill. Um, we have got to sock money away that we're never going. The problem to is even if the federal government took like stimulus money and gave it to districts to improve the security. You've seen how we've spent money here yeah. in the county and different places. Like, there would be a million. Some would buy school resource officers for a short period of time because once the stimulus, the mm. school security money dried up, the officer goes away. Some would buy cameras or some would buy locking systems. Some would use it to, I don't know, put buy new, school buses. Put a new locker room Because in. what yes. could be more safe than new school buses? Because like, these, bu- these school buses have a seatbelt on it. That's, 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 what, that's, yes. what, that's what people um, do when, new when, athletic you, equipment when you throw— The old athletic equipment oh, was unsafe. So, un- so unsafe. Right. Kids were getting hurt. So school safety. Like, that's, but that's what we do yeah, with free money. We, right. we, we, we wedge it into wherever, whatever we feel like we need, not necessarily what was intended. But, you know, that's why this is such a— that's why it was such an easy 
such an easy thing for politicians to put in because the state pays in no money, the school districts pay in no money. Honestly, that faster program's free mm-hmm. through the Buckeye Sheriff's uh, not Sheriff's Association, Buckeye Firearms, Firearms Association. Yeah. Like it's free, so you could you could put people through that. And and you're right, the teachers aren't gonna. It's not gonna be school guns. Hell, the teachers will have their own guns. Right. You know, if they do it. So it costs nobody any money, you know. Look how good we feel. The the people that think guns in schools will make them feel safe, think how good they feel. And now when their school district, which I don't think any of the school districts around here will go forward with this. I, right. I, I can't imagine it. Maybe caveat being North Union. <laughs> I could throw a North Union hat in the ring on this Caveat being North Union and, and the dark horse of Fairbanks, maybe. I don't know. We'll have to see how they say But it it sounds like Marysville. Just based on how the structure of their yeah. board kind of changed a few years ago, um, you know, Marysville—they didn't outright say it, but Sue Devine said she wasn't in favor of it. But like, when the teachers union comes out like that, Marysville's not going to vote it in. When, you know? yeah, when the police, when the sheriff, when the, the police chief said, teachers said they "Yeah, right, yeah, you're going to have an open revolt," and I and I think a lot of even in North Union, I don't think you're going to have an overwhelming number of teachers, especially with the proximity of law enforcement. Now, some of these real rural, mm-hmm. I think the idea, and they said that during my school board meeting, was some of these districts are so rural, it I, would take 15 or 20 minutes for the first officer to I, get I there. I look at Madison Plains where my sons go to school. Madison County has two, de- has two deputies on duty at any one time, one in the north and one in the south. And Madison Ma- Madison Plains is absolutely in the middle of nowhere. It it's fifteen to twenty minutes from London. It's fifteen minutes I from London. I still think the idea there is getting a school resource officer in all those buildings as opposed to arming your teachers. But I could at least understand yes. it a little more. I know. I, I, so I, I don't think you're going to see. I don't think you're going to see it around here. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to have ten parents at the next school board meeting at Marysville. Wondering why we've got such cowardly teaching staff yeah, exactly that don't want to right. do all they can do to protect kids. And so now you've put teachers in that. Mm-hmm. They've got to defend themselves against that argument. You put the school board, hey, dear school board, why are you taking this? You, this Go find office. us some teachers that want to protect our kids. Right. Or, or yes. Absolutely. Even, even the argument of, hey, just because you allow them to doesn't mean they have to. So why don't you allow all of them? What about the 12% that want to carry guns? You're taking their rights away. And mm-hmm. no, you're. <laughs> and then we get into that whole hornet's nest of well, mm-hmm. who has them, who doesn't? What are yeah. the duties? Yeah, I mean, then you. I mean, then it goes. I mean, it is a quagmire of of what ifs. I, 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you. So you have just you have taken a chaotic situation with what would in a school shooting what would have been hiding teachers and students. Law enforcement that you saw in Uvalde, how confused they get over who's in charge, mm-hmm. and and a and a shooter, and you you throw another and a bouncing ball into that ring. All right, well that's going to be the show for this week. If you're interested in more information about these two bills or any of the conversation around gun legislation as it pertains to Union County, uh, be sure to check out the MarysvilleJT.com for those stories and others uh, as this kind of conversation continues. So, so thank you guys for all the good information. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you like what you hear, please be sure and subscribe to the Marysville Journal Tribune podcast pages. You can find us on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and many other places where podcasts are available. So be sure 
sure to tune in next week. We're going to have a kind of a lighthearted conversation around taking vacations in summertime, a little bit of a break from the serious stuff that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. So be sure and check out that conversation and we'll see you on Thursday.